Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we're talking about Morbius. Here's our full review, spoilers and all. All that right at this ad we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. My name's Alyssa Terry. Alyssa. Hi, my lover. back. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being here. Lover. Um... I <laughs> we talked in the last cast about whether people should see it, but now we're gonna dive a little deeper. Don't worry about spoilers. So full spoiler alert, we're gonna talk about Morbius. So if you don't care about being spoiled, if you or if you've seen it already, please join us, will you? Um so talking spoilers. We kind of got into it yesterday with just like the basics of, you know, I liked it. I think it's good. But it's, you know, it's a good monster movie that has a superhero element. It's not a great movie. And it's definitely, like, doesn't live up to the MCU name. Yeah. And you think it's a little, like, eh. Yeah, it was fine. I didn't regret the time I spent watching the movie. Right. Yeah. All right. I guess let's just get into the spoilers of it all. Sure. I guess part of the reason that I felt like it was eh Mm -hmm. was that I felt like it was a little bit thin. Right. Right. And so I think that a lot of our modern superhero movies, which is kind of more what I was expecting than what I got, um, have a huge, fully fleshed out moral developments. And I felt like this one felt a little bit thin and kind of like, hey, look, we've got some cool CGI. We threw in some character development stuff ish, mm-hmm. but maybe our focus was more on some really cool cgi and you know a cool idea so Hmm. like i felt like you know when we we started the movie uh michael was you know this doctor that was so focused on creating a cure that he was okay with bending the rules he kind of he tossed away he was not into society he rejected a nobel prize he you know didn't follow the rules and was not much interested in it he was more interested in this one problem absolutely while you're there can i just say the rejection of the nobel prize they made that scene they set the scene Mm -hmm. they got all those people on the set yeah i am sure they shot a scene where jared leto gives an impassioned speech about why he's rejecting the Nobel Prize, which would have set him up as a character. Yeah. As like sort of this like devil may care, nothing's good enough. I know you're offering me the Nobel Prize, but it's not good enough. Get it out of my face. Like, yeah. But I think what probably happened is they they probably tested it with audiences and it probably came off kind of like whatever. I'm, I'm making a lot of assumptions, but they absolutely edited that out. Like there's no way that didn't get edited on the editing floor. And like, it shouldn't have been. I don't know what they did wrong. They should have done reshoots. They should have done something to make that scene better. But having him like reject a Nobel Prize and cut that scene was the first big mistake the movie made, in my right. opinion. And so we we see that and we have to find out through context that that's what happened. Yes. Instead of really getting to know him. Right. And like then, other people say that he rejected a Nobel Prize instead of like seeing him do it and like getting a sense of why. Right. Exactly. And then... We go, and he's like, I'm going to do this super sketchy science on a ship. International waters, baby. Yeah. And so he he goes on the ship. He, you know, achieves his objective in some way, shape, or form and kills a crap ton of 
you know, morally questionable people, but still kills a bunch of people. And then it feels like he kind of switches. You know, it. Right. I just feel like there was there was room to flesh him out. Agreed. Instead of just being like, he's a doctor, he wants to do good. Oh, crap, now he's kind of a monster, but like less of a monster than his buddy. You know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I think that's why I felt like it, it fell a little bit thin for me. Yeah, you're you're hitting on the same problems I had with it, which was they should have more clearly set up what is the difference between these two men. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah. what is the difference between Lucian and Morbius? Mm-hmm. And those are like they're clearly like you get the sense of what the difference is. And the way they could have done that, and this is an easy fix is if they just, as children, expressed, like, what their differences are as people, and instead they wanted their, like, like, like it could have easily been done. Like, he lost that origami, right? And he goes mm-hmm. outside to get it. Mm-hmm. They could have had a conversation about how it's not worth it to go get that thing. You might get hurt. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Like, there could have been something like that where they, like, have a moral quandary earlier in the movie Mm -hmm. but instead they just wanted to establish them as best friends right which was still kind of thin agreed like he basically this kid shows up and this older kid basically steals some of his identity from him by assigning him a new name Mm -hmm. and which you know kind of shows how jaded he is as a young age but doesn't say anything about lucian well the fact that lucian takes the name and yeah. keeps it his whole life. Kind of says something about Lucian. It at is. least about how much how much Lucian cares for Morbius. Right. You know what I mean? And views him as maybe a mentor or whatnot. Or but even, I thought there were overtones of possible uh, attraction. Or oh, interesting. Like his jealousy for Martine. Mm-hmm. It, they, didn't, they didn't let it go there. Like they never say that he has like, there's any kind of homosexual feelings there. Mm-hmm. But like the way that he expresses... Uh, how how he cares for Michael mm-hmm. and how he feels like they should be they need each other and they need to be together. It definitely had the feeling of that. Mm-hmm. And even if it doesn't even if it has nothing to do with homosexuality, it has to do with like he feels like his relationship with Michael is more important than anything else. Like yeah. even to the point of like willing uh, in the end willing to kill everyone else Michael loves so that yes. only his only choice, the only person he has left is Lucian. Right. Yeah. I I think, yeah, I think they started it. I think they started a lot of things. And I think this is something that, um, to some degree, like you see in some of the DC movies or you see in some of the Sony movies is they start, like they have something great. Mm-hmm. Like you have this like incredible opportunity to talk about um, the impacts of being thrown away from society because of um, disability or just being different mm-hmm. and yeah. i feel like they left it on the table yeah for absolutely. us to kind of come back later and say like i wish you know because like you know the other thing that kind of irritated me was so he had this close relationship with martine mm-hmm. and you know there's some assumption that there's an attraction there but there's only any realization of that relationship once he becomes traditionally attractive you know, and yeah. and that kind of felt a little bit like, you know, what I would have hoped to see in a movie that might have attacked some of these harder topics was maybe she was yearning for him and he was too distracted by the problem. 
Hmm. To and so then it took away the physical deformities as a barrier. I saw that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah, just because of how far she was willing to go to help him. Sure. Like and and there's there's um there's moments where he is putting himself at risk and she looks really forlorn. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's talking about, you know, he gives her that letter and she's like it better not be my last one or something like mm-hmm. that and like he goes in to do and like there that's all friendship stuff like that could just be friendship mm-hmm. but like they're definitely it's it's kind of the same thing that happens with Matt Smith's character like there's just like there, there's definitely like a lot of yearning for Michael happening from Martine <laughs> it, even Oh, I thought you were going to say in general. <laughs> <laughs> just in general. Everyone in the movie is yearning for Michael. Yes. Um and 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 why not those abs? Those abs. I didn't notice. <laughs> it's right you didn't um <laughs> but no i think that uh there's a lot of good stuff in there and i really i love the story of two two they it's like there were certain things they just didn't establish they did it so smartly in I mean, and I can't not compare it because there's a line in here where he says, uh, "I'm I'm gonna follow you to the till you're dead, man," or something like mm-hmm. that. He says something like that, which is very similar to the uh, Bucky and Cap line, sure. "Till the end of the road" or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little darker because they're kids who think they're gonna die early, so they yeah. say. But they should have said something like that when they were kids, so that when they said it as an adult, it paid off. That's how that works. Yeah. You don't. It, there's just certain things like that that do really bother me. Mm-hmm. You mentioned this when we were talking after the movie. Another thing that really bothers me is the um, the blood issue. Mm. Michael Morbius is willing to do anything. Well, okay. I, I'm I'm kind of fixing it in my head as I talk, but like he's the the thing that bothered me in the movie. He's willing to do anything to cure this disease, but he finds out when he cures it, they have an insatiable hunger for blood. So the disease is cured, but you have an insatiable hunger for blood, and if you don't get blood, the disease comes back, mm-hmm. and and you feel this terrible hunger for blood, and you start just devolving into a monster. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's classic vampirism you know yeah. like it, it really is vampirism in all of its forms with the exception of a few things like sunlight and holy water and, and sparkles yeah, and sparkles i l- and i love this i think people are gonna think this is cheesy but i love that martine was studying vampirism yeah and then later in the movie like she's been studying it and then she kisses him and she's been studying how vampires work and she kisses him and bites his lip and gets a little blood in her mouth mm-hmm. and then comes back and it to me it was like that was a decision she made she's like been studying this doesn't want to die mm-hmm. bites him so that she can like i'm going to take in a little bit of your blood and see if that brings me back you mm-hmm. know and it does at the end. I, I I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's fun. It remind it 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 just if you don't think of it as a superhero movie, I think this movie works really well. Mm-hmm. But I definitely agree with you. There are like little things they could have done to make it from like a good movie to a great movie. Like it could have been really great if they just tweaked a feel. Like they just established some of the things that when they're children, uh, some of their moral character. They also leap from that all the way to so they have the thing at costa rica at the beginning where he's collecting the bats Mm -hmm. right then they say 25 years earlier Mm -hmm. and then they jump past the bat scene and you never go back there that is a stupid decision because (laughs) 
as a viewer, you never know where that bat scene happens. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you do see that he has the bats at one point. Mm-hmm. He rejected the Nobel Prize before he went to get the bats or mm-hmm. right after or like it's it's you just it's like impossible to know. And like mm-hmm. they do this big leap from like their kids to all the way to where he's Dr. Morbius. Like mm-hmm. I felt like they needed a little bit of more of their relationship and how they developed as children and like some of the moral decisions they make because they take such different roads and like some of their just like their philosophy morbius wants to save people's lives matt smith just really cares about curing his own disease and Mm -hmm. michael's he wants michael cured too he really wants to be with michael but they're the only two and like i mean it's kind of in that line it's the few of us against the world Mm -hmm. that's a that's the only part that sort of ties together with that i'm sitting here thinking through it because i'm like is there stuff in the childhood scenes that connects them? And and there there is that that few versus the world thing and him buying into Michael's speeches so much mm-hmm. as a child. I think like there that's there, but then like the reason that they took such drastically different courses after they're cured mm-hmm. and they one's just like I'm going to kill everyone and one is like I'll, I'll I'll let myself die mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than let this creation exist. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I uh, yeah I thought that your two different philosophies were really interesting, and I just it just understand. felt like we we didn't get there. One of the things that I have talking to Matt about this on the way home is the thing that like, one of the things that really bothered me was the synthetic blood versus you know the real blood. the red yes. right. And I was just like, well, I mean, he has won a Nobel Prize for this development. Um, he would intimately know the science between what is the difference. Right. Like, is there a way that he could have, like, created something more similar? And, like, to be honest, there is a large supply of blood out in the world. Right. You know, like, I think that there were ways that especially a person of his standing could mm-hmm. have gotten access for both of them also the people who have this disease are getting blood transfusion three times a day yes oil changes they call it yeah couldn't they just continue to do that but drink it yes because it sounds like the you know the red last like holds them over much longer right which we never get him doing the science on like oh the red keeps me for this long right we don't really get that kind of wish we'd gotten that i know but you know the synthetic lasts him you know six hours and dwindling or mm-hmm. something like that or it yeah, started at eight started hours at six or, it gets to 422 right and so he demonstrates that it's dwindling but i'm like well i mean you have access to you know at least three pints of blood a day for like your existing condition which they kept yeah. wasting by the way was driving me crazy as a healthcare provider i was like stop <laughs> ripping them ivs out of your arm man <laughs> i was like those are expensive and someone spent a lot of time donating that <laughs> <laughs> you're like as a healthcare provider and someone who donates blood regularly I, I, do, yeah. <laughs> I was like man <laughs> someone felt bad for 24 hours after that <laughs> and you just ripped it out of your arm and let it you know clot and go bad yeah. rude rude um so i felt like some of the science you know kind of got on my nerves but i I understand that you know for these kind of movies like you do need to suspend suspend belief a good deal right well it's like you talk about we were talking about earlier the ethical nature of him and how he's willing to go to such extremes to cure this disease Mm -hmm. but then the idea of sort of figuring out how to source blood Mm -hmm. seems over the line to him sure he's like nah just die now i'm good (laughs) 
<laughs> right? Well, and, and I will say, like, he's trying to cure his disease, but it's not just for him. It's for everyone with that disease. Yeah. And, like, I understand the idea that you can't trust everyone with this disease, mm-hmm. with these powers, mm-hmm. or the thirst they're going to have. Like, not everyone is going to be as ethical as Michael Morbius with it. Sure. And, you know, clearly. Right. And then he immediately finds out what even his best friend would do with these powers. And immediately finds out what he did, like his first instinct. Yes, yes. Was to take out a ship full of people. See, and I think that that's another wasted opportunity. I think like if they had spent a little more time, but I think they didn't want to make the movie too depressing. Mm -hmm. But if they'd spent a little more time with him regretting having eaten those people... Mm-hmm. on the ship like he throws up he sees it on a, mm-hmm. on a i think he throws up but then he just runs and it, it, the rest of the movie that, that that's there the mm-hmm. idea that he killed people mm-hmm. and especially after he kills the nurse he's very upset but then he finds that he didn't do it right it has that same thing that punisher did where it's like mm-hmm. oh no punisher went over the line and killed someone he shouldn't have yeah. no he didn't um <laughs> and takes it away if they had spent just a little bit of time with him really regretting eating those people, like being more disgusted with himself for just the act mm-hmm. of doing that or something like, and I know that he understands, but it's like they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. They wanted it to be a monster movie, which monster movie rules would be you are in despair mm-hmm. over this yeah. thing you are. Yeah, which he kind of is. Right. But then they also want the cake and eat it too of it's a superhero movie. You're having fun bouncing a ball around the room, you know, and there's like it's it's a balancing act for sure. But it sort of like walks the line on both and he never has the full fun of being the Spider-Man swinging through the city, Mm -hmm. but he never has the full like breakdown about who Mm -hmm. what he is. You know what I mean? I think that's a really good point. Yeah. I, I make those sometimes. You do. <laughs> I really, you're my favorite person to talk about movies with. So oh, I'm well, so thrilled to be sweet. here. I was just teasing. Um, <laughs> wanna, can we talk briefly about something that's fun? Uh, that I really yeah. liked in this movie. Absolutely. I, I I really liked this movie. I know we're talking a lot of the negatives. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm talking about these constructive things that I think they missed. Yeah. They could have done better. Yeah. I like the overall form of this movie. So, yes, yes. please talk about something good. Yes. So, one of the things that I really did like was when, uh, how much fun Lucian had when his body was healed. Me too. I, like, I know that... You know, Matt Smith might have come off as cheesy and that might have been a criticism and he kind of just played Matt Smith. But he like, can you imagine like essentially being faced with your like impending death? Like he faced, you know, potential death first thing in the movie. And then that's their main topic of conversation is their death and disability. Mm -hmm. You know, when you see glimpses of their relationship. And so one thing I really did enjoy was like how much he enjoyed the lack of pain and like his new, you know, healthy physical form and how easy it was to get around. Like I, I loved seeing him dance and I loved seeing him have the confidence to put Mm -hmm. on new clothes. And I loved seeing him, you know, just dance, have fun, enjoy himself, even in those moments of kind of evil. He, you know, he is relishing in this newfound form he has. And I'm just thinking, you know, if for me, like I'm a, I have the privilege of being a healthy person but if i even so much as like if i woke up with an uh, olympian's body tomorrow mm-hmm. and was just like i can't or like uh ninja warrior body you know like, mm-hmm. it was like crazy like how how crazy would that be to like 
be walking with a cane, limping, being dealing with 11 out of 10 pain mm-hmm. every day, every minute of your life, and also being the prey for society. We see him in, early in the movie get beat up by kids for basically... I mean, he did kind of like incite it a little bit, but but basically no reason, like for having a limp and being yeah. in an institution. He did incite the interaction. He did insert the violence yes. that it started it. Yeah. Right. That's, yes. He escalated it for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I really enjoyed the fun. Like this movie was dark. The colors were dark. The, you know, the weight of it was heavy and there's a lot of, you know, talk about death and mortality. And, and then we just get to see Matt Smith, like dance around and put some like kind of supposedly high fashion clothes on and remain his like new balance sneakers because yeah. what white man doesn't love a new balance sneaker those new balance sneakers i <laughs> freaking loved it because like they are so bad and they're clearly like his stability sneakers oh yeah so that they're he worn do- weirdly yeah well he like he's been walking with the cane all this time and like like people get big new balances like that because they like need stability like i mean and and because whatever they're good shoes but uh, <laughs> i like some me some new balances I do too. <laughs> but like they're for stability and i'm sure it was because of his cane and because he used to walk that way he doesn't need them anymore and he goes all tries to do the super style thing by yeah. going and get putting on a suit and he's doing that dance scene dancing in his mirror you know mm-hmm. and like i you said we talked in the car about this and we had a we very much vehemently disagree on this you do not like the faces uh the cgi faces i don't i love them i think the cgi faces were great (laughs) um i i'm not a big effects guy like i'm not looking for every cgi problem but i think they were so subtle at moments Mm -hmm. and the sort of gradient that they gave like when he could sort of like just barely peek out with the with the with the Mm -hmm. evil or he can turn kind of just gaunt and vampiric looking or they can go full monster Mm -hmm. like i love how they can sort of slide between those variant gradients which would not have been possible with practical effects or something like i I like the little sort of tinge of evil on the hand when he wants to, when the guy in the bar attacks him and he decides not to fight back, but he, his hand hits the bar and you just see his hand yeah. go vampiric just a little bit. Yeah. I loved it. I thought they were super cool effects. Yeah. Um, but I, I know some people are sh- like, like Ashley will not like the effects in this movie. She's very practical effects only. Yeah. And, uh, I, I love it. I think I think this this was I can't tell a difference. And I think the effects in this movie are as good as almost anything Marvel's done mm-hmm. for CGI. Some of those fight sequences when they're like flying through the air, yeah, they get a little CGI, it, but only in a few moments really. Mm-hmm. Like mostly but part of it though is that the vampires have this sort of ability to sort of turn ghostly almost and mm-hmm. like zoom and those moments where they're they're doing the speed thing. They're doing the speed thing that a lot of movies have tried different forms of the speed running thing mm-hmm. and it they use sort of a ghostly form to mm-hmm. show that and i i bought it i thought it was so cool <laughs> yeah i thought i thought that the effects were fun um i might be biased on the not liking the facial effects because i i mean that was the horror element of the show in a sense or the monster effect and i just I just don't enjoy being scared. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I could be biased. I, I, you know, the way you describe it with, like, enjoying the range like, mm-hmm. and, you know, demonstrating, you know, you know, the possibility for danger in that moment or the ability to back off or whatnot, the yeah. control mm-hmm. that, you know, 
those effects got to demonstrate for us or let our characters demonstrate for us is the amount of control they had over it at times. Mm -hmm. And for sure. So I I like the, you know, I like the way you describe it, but I think I do have a little bit of bias just because I, (laughs) I I just don't, you know, as a person, I, I like to watch comedies and happy things. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, sometimes I I do get a little bit biased, you know, it's, it's not earned. I just, well, and I think there is something you're saying there that gets me thinking about why, why the effect that effect did not work as well mm-hmm. and i you talked about how it's like this idea of losing control mm-hmm. but it also is an idea of like unhealthiness at times mm-hmm. but it's also an idea of fully powered like it's like using it they use them turning vampiric for three very different things mm-hmm. and it's almost like it makes it, I thought about this during the movie. It was like, it makes it hard to know which version of that is happening. Mm-hmm. Like when he's like losing control because he's like, haven't had blood in a while and you're scared he's going to uh, eat his girlfriend for a second. Mm-hmm. Like that flash of the monster coming out. Yeah. That's it. It's like used as a symbol of its, of their hunger. Mm-hmm. But also it's used as a symbol of when they're fully enraged, fully powerful. Mm-hmm. So it's like when they're at their weakest and when they're at their most powerful, mm-hmm. the sort of monster appears. Yeah. And it's almost like, like what makes the monster appear? Like, what are you trying to tell me? Cause it almost like, it seemed like at the beginning when he had blood after he had consumed a boatload of people, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <A little> quite, <laughs> quite literal boatload. <laughs> um, that he like reformed into his human form and it almost seemed like that's what happens like you need the blood to stay healthy mm-hmm. but then when you get the red and you go all rageful you also look like it's sort of like this super vampire form you know that mm-hmm. seems like it's um what's the wrong for uh like optional like you don't have to look like that you can be either one yeah. it just sort of like it them meaning different things at different times did make the faces sort of like, I don't know what's, I don't know what that means exactly in this moment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So that's, that's about, I I mentioned it on yesterday's uh, cast too, but I think this movie stands well as a standalone movie. It's, it's the first movie when I've watched the Marvel ending with the, uh, post credits it made me less excited for the next one or whatever like i was like i was really like this is a nice small superhero movie and i would totally watch a sequel Mm. and then it kind of turned it into like oh but now we're gonna go do sinus we're gonna do scavenger squad and (laughs) (laughs) and if and it's like i don't i didn't need that in this case like i you know me i love a connected universe but i just I kind of want, wanted this to be its own thing. Mm-hmm. And they also, like, I don't know. There's a few things they just didn't do. But overall, <laughs> I think it's a good flick. Yeah. I Worth mean, a watch. I think it was. And, you know, if it, we've, you know, you and I have watched some bad movies together. And <laughs> if, if they're really that bad, there's not this much to talk about. True. Right. So I think that this, this movie did have something there's something to take from it and there's conversations to have and you know, whether the conversation is, I wish they had delved deeper into this topic or whatnot, they at least introduced it. Right. And so there are, there is, there's meat there to chew on. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
you know, when we watched, what was that rom-com we watched the other and we basically just had nothing to say about it. Um, it was the sequel with... Oh, Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife? Right. And, yeah. you know, we watched that and we didn't enjoy it and there wasn't anything to say. So. We watched Hitman's Bodyguard and loved it. And then we were so excited to go watch Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife and we did it for Bingers. And then we, like, kind of took forever to do the cast because we were like, I got nothing to say about this movie. Yeah. It's just not a good sequel. Right. And so, you know, as much as I felt kind of meh, about this movie coming in, you know, we had so much to sit and talk about. We, you know, on our ride home, which we should have saved it for the cast, obviously, but we talked about, you know, the choice of costuming and, you know, what we liked and didn't like and, you know, what these relationships meant and whatnot. So I think that it, it really did introduce some interesting topics, which I think Marvel's you know, stuff is starting to delve into more about the idea of disability and mm. ability and whatnot. And so I think that, uh, I think it, you know, was it a movie that, you know, I would go see a second time. No, mm-hmm. but I don't regret the time I spent with it. And I have really enjoyed talking about it afterwards. So, yeah, and that, it's a great point. Like having two disabled characters who become superhero, superhuman by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting topic to explore. I don't think this movie says anything about disability, like almost nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> except for Matt Smith being excited to have a body. That's like so crazy. Cool. Like that is an interesting thing to watch, yeah. but like, it doesn't say anything about disability. I don't think it's just kind of like the, the, the disease is just a precursor to the superpowers. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Instead of it, like trying to make an interesting point about that for me, Marvel movies, the, especially the MCU has always been about the ethical decisions the characters make mm-hmm. you know i'm a star trek fan like mm-hmm. that's what that's that's where my heart lies these sort of like ethical conundrums people get themselves into in these kinds of genre films yeah and like how that reflects in the real world and i think the biggest flaw with this movie is that i still don't know why lucian and morbius take their different paths mm-hmm. like what is within them that causes them to push in different directions it really is just and you know lucian says this to his father figure or whatever he's like you know i uh like you've all morbius has always been the good one you know he's you've you he's he's been the better he's the good guy he's the better one or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's like what makes him better like what is the thing that what decisions is he making that lucian's not you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and that would have been a great opportunity if the even if they don't put it in the, with them as children, they could have had the like father figure say something like, yes, there's always been a darkness in you, you know, like, mm-hmm. and you've always been like, you've, you've never wanted to push. You've always been just seeking to like, he's, he's been fighting this fight to save everyone. You've been funding it to save yourself. You know, like mm-hmm. a line like that would have done everything. Yeah. But like, He's, it just seems like they got superpowers and they just diverged totally opposite directions. And I never understood why. Yeah. The other, I really wanted another change. I wanted, I know I keep talking about the changes and I think I wouldn't be talking about the changes, these little subtle changes if I didn't like it. Right. Yeah, I agree. The, when he kills the father figure, when he kills their, their like, Mm -hmm. I was shocked that he didn't regret it. Yeah. Like he slices him and I wanted him. I really, the acting choice I wanted out of that moment was immediate regret Mm -hmm. and like 
laying with his father figure and being like sorry for the thing he'd done Mm -hmm. because that just makes him so mustache twirly this man who's taking care of him his whole life Mm -hmm. he slashes him and then just yells at him as he as he lays dying and throws him across the room and stuff it's like i really wanted that that to be an impetuous thing and then him to be like like he had just called him daddy a few seconds ago like Mm -hmm. um ironically or whatever Mm -hmm. i wanted him to like drop to his knees and call him daddy for real and be like daddy i'm sorry i'm sorry like because he's supposed to be kind of unhinged i feel like but instead he seemed totally in control and just like a mustache twirling villain who's like i only care about michael (laughs) yeah yeah and you know or maybe that was using it to show that he really only had loyalty you know Mm -hmm. like everyone else is there to serve him he you know he's clearly wealthy and you know was able to afford some of these um benefits or whatever to have someone a physician i think who was just there to take care of him right you know and he served his purpose and he no longer had that purpose anymore so Mm. he was just one more barrier between him and michael or you know because michael had affection for this person you know yeah so i don't know yeah no it's it's a fair point like it is what they're trying to do with it it just like I wanted to know what made him that way. I wanted to like delve into like their decision making trees and like why they would choose to do what they're doing, you know? Right. And I think you can make assumptions like, you know, living your childhood alone, you know, with only people there serving you mm-hmm. and, you know, clearly not having much purpose. So the only thing they talk about is like he watches movies, he doesn't read, he doesn't seem to enrich himself mm-hmm. you know he's he just waiting to for have the a next goal for himself to d- yeah. like michael has this talent that like the the father figure guy says right there like i see this thing in you that could be so good and i would hate to see it squander you know talking about michael mm-hmm. but he never says that to milo yeah. you know he lets milo be squandered and then he doesn't build in those he doesn't help him build the character that he needs so in that i guess there is that little nugget of something yeah (laughs) but it's all just nuggets it's not very explicit and i i like i feel like we're head canoning the character development you know what i mean oh yeah no i think we're totally doing that yeah Um, another thing that like cracked me up when we were watching it was uh um that the physician character i forgot his name sorry um he's like laying there dying or whatever or maybe it was the female character I, mean, I can't remember but um michael comes up and like lays his head on their chest to check for a heartbeat or whatever mm-hmm. like i was like you're a freaking physician man like, <laughs> i know you took some uh, cpr training <laughs> yeah, you and know like how why to don't you just pulse. like echolocate it or whatever it is you've got the super human hearing now like can you not hear a heartbeat well and we know that uh lucian can yeah they seem to have slightly different powers yeah and maybe we'll see that with um martine martine sorry um because she was what fully healthy essentially when she made this transition yeah maybe her powers will be different i would assume like i don't know it's i i really like that little twist of her becoming a vampire or him being able to sire her based on like and they, they they really throw it away because like Unless you know vampire lore, the whole thing about, like, mm-hmm. drinking the blood of a vampire after they fed on you thing, like, that sort of seems out of nowhere. Yeah. So, they really threw that part away, and it was almost, I don't know. Like, I could see, if you're not, if you don't know about that, about lore, and you weren't paying attention, like, she was reading vampire lore earlier, and then mm-hmm. she does that. And it was yeah. like, I thought that was a cool little subtle thing they did, yeah. but I could see other people being like, 
make death matter. Why did she just jump yeah. back to life? That makes no sense. You know, like I could see people being upset about that, but I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Well, guys, I guess that's about it. Is there anything else you want to say about Morbius? I don't really have anything else. Yeah, I think I think we're in a good place with that. I I really liked it. I I I feel like I am gonna get crap for that because I'm already even seeing in the <laughs> stranded panda chat people just being like, "It's terrible." I don't think it's that terrible. Like I think there are problems. Clearly, we've spent the last thirty minutes talking about all the little nitpicky things that we could change, but like. I think the reason we want to nitpick it is because there's a lot of meat on the bones and like the, the performances are great. The action's great. I think like I cared about every fight scene. Mm -hmm. I really did care about every fight scene. Yeah. And that's a huge deal for me. So many of these like Sony or spit, you know, offshoot Marvel things. They're just a fight is just a slog slug fest. Mm -hmm. And then like a bunch of swirling trash in the air. This time we got swirling bats in the air. It's totally different. Yeah. Um, I mean, bats are not trash. Yeah. Bats are not trash guys. Bats are not trash. If you learn nothing else today, <laughs> we'll be back soon. Uh, hope you have a great weekend and uh well we, we should be doing some sort of news episode this week uh we got a lot to drop in the feed because of this these two episodes that we've done for morbius and also we're going to be doing a uh, moon knight feedback episode and a moon knight episode and so uh we may have to wait till next week to do a news and feedback so i'm excited we'll to see, see the next episode of moon knight me too i am so excited for moon knight <laughs> i think i'll be so in town for excited. it too right uh Ooh, if you're staying up all night with me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can just watch it again the next morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. All right, guys. We'll be back. Peace. Later. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash TV and available at youtube.com strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.